August 12th, 2020. Today we discuss slackers are not good teammates, or are they? I am Michael Haskins, Architect Taste Labs, and this is the Technology Architecture Solution Engineering Show. Virtual studio again, Mr. Uh, JG, how are you? I am good. That was a that was quite the corny intro there, Mr. Haskins. <laughs> yeah, well... Yeah, it was. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's leave it at that. <laughs> uh, so uh, let's uh, let's try to stay on point today. Let's just dive right in. So you know, our is depending on plan. You got fouls straightforward, right? Fouls, no matter what plan you're on. If, if I'm not mistaken, uh, again, check the link because things might have changed since Teams is getting gobbling up space. They might have changed their model, but fouls is just a send them over kind of a methodology. Um, so I think that's pretty straightforward. Um, Direct messages are a little different, right? So there's a couple things with direct messages, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put on the uh, the security slash governance hat on here real quick. So there's a lot of talk all the time during day job that centers around compliance and security and the storing of messages and how long those messages live, and that's from a Usually the larger organizations care about that, and that's usually a risk group. So if things are said and you need to prove it, and if you say you're storing it, you need to store it for certain long. If you're going to destroy it, there's like a lot of policy matching that needs to occur. So that being said, I, I don't believe there. it's either on or off from a storage perspective. Um, from from a migration, you're going to either move it or you're not, right? But the key part is is you're going to move it. You're not going to move it with native tools. You're not going to move it with. You need a third party tool to do that. And the the one I know of really well because you know my history has a lot of SharePointy and 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 the like. Um, ShareGate. So. ShareGate's really good at doing that kind of stuff. And if you think of Teams and basically most of 365, it does orbit around SharePoint a lot. So it's a logical connection between ShareGate and Teams and ShareGate and insert wherever you want to come from and go to. So um, I know you have some experience with ShareGate and ShareGate Desktop and, and what have you. Is there anything you want to touch on with that tool in particular? Not a sponsor, but we're calling them out just so we can be you know, throw a tool out there that could be useful to you. Yeah, it is. It's it's really good stuff. I've used it a couple of times for a number of, of migrations, and it really it really is helpful. Um, it, this don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure you can actually use ShareGate itself to send um, files to other endpoints as well. Um, mm -hmm. So one thing to keep in mind is some of these things that the files that you're sending them over will count towards your quota, which is pretty high now um, in SharePoint slash. Um, uh, SharePoint slash um, Teams, I guess I should say, or OneDrive, which is kind of the same thing. But one thing I will um, touch on is... It's all SharePoint. <laughs> it's all SharePoint, yes. But one thing I will touch on be, as such is some of that data you might want to send to somewhere such as Azure for, for cold storage um, and save some of your quota. So that really... Um, applications and software such as ShareGate really makes that uh, a much less of a nightmare to try to organize and then send stuff um, where you need it to go. Yep, for sure. Um, one of the one of the other things is, is uh, users. So like Slack handles users. I mean, there's integration bits and, and security bits, but I find that it's a little more 
in my opinion, this is an opinion. It's a little more wild west with Slack when it comes to users. I mean, obviously there is some kind of control. You can add users on and off and, and what have you. There is controls there. But Teams requires, you know, some significant more IAM than Slack, in my opinion. Because, you know, the tightly coupled Active Directory and identity management and 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 all the, the goodness that goes around the security bits, looking at who's doing what, when, where, how, and why. So mapping users, making sure there's no erroneous users or external users are handled slightly differently. You know, having that landscape of your users and running the tools to map those users to what the team needs to look like and make sure the right permissions are on each team uh, when you handle, or team and channel for that matter, um, when you're handling the uh, movement of those users. Because the last thing you want to do is go through all this effort, move everything, and then give access to everything to everyone. And then it just becomes an explosion of of it becomes a nightmare, quite frankly. And then on top of that, you might be actually falling out of compliance because there are sometimes, you know, HR HR groups use Teams, you know, everybody's chatting, managers to other managers about employees, and maybe there's evaluations or templates, and there's all kinds of potential risk of not making sure that that bit's covered up. That, I think, is something that is a blessing and a curse as you think about it, right? So you probably have a lot of that set up because most organizations, regardless of whether they use Teams or Slack, have some sort of active directory um, somewhere um, in most cases. Um, and I think a lot of that will already be set up for you. Uh, again, the theme of this episode is you want to you know, make sure that's cleaned up and, and prepared uh, for that migration. But a lot of that heavy lifting should be um, should be done. Uh, already. So um, plus it, it allows you to be much more, uh, I was going to say diligent. That's not the right word. Uh, much more precise, I guess, is the word I'm looking for, for, um, you know, different access levels of different people than you might be able to. Uh, if it's not pr- more precise, it's definitely uh, easier uh, to do that. Yeah, for sure. Prescriptive access is is a must, you know, especially when you have, say, you have a really robust build out and you're going to another uh, robust build out. It's 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 a lot more difficult not to get it right during that that phase, because um, the last thing somebody who's going to be administering teams wants to do is go click on the triple dots and say manage team members and look at a list on and make sure that those people. It's not ideal. I mean, there's other you can programmatically do things uh, on the back end, but uh, let's let's be real that's what's likely to happen for the majority of organizations when they need to make a quick change from a permissions perspective they're not going to be uh shelling into that so uh workspaces are pretty straight up right you can uh have them dump right into teams or you can split them up all over the place um it's all on your mapping and how you want to handle that so uh the other bit is a little more Head scratchy kind of goes to what we talked about above. So third-party integrations and connectors. Um, the majority of the ones most enterprises use are available in Teams. Uh, one of the things that, and this is kind of a side note, just here's admin pro tip. So one of the things that I found peculiar when people started adopting Teams is like, I'm trying to add this connector or I'm following this step-by-step and I can't add this guy. It's not available. I can't see it. And do I have to install it? How do I install it? I have a floppy disk and I'm jamming it against my screen and there's nowhere for it to go in. You know, it's like this 
mind meld of or mind meltdown of like, I can't get on what I want. Well, the thing you need to understand is that your organization authorizes what apps and integrations are available to you to plug in on your channel. And you need to be authorized to be able to do that. So making sure that the review from a team's perspective of what connectors you need and what integrations you need are done and set up. This is the point I was making earlier in our conversation of, hey, it's probably better to start your team's build out now so you can sort all that out, get the right credentials into that third-party SaaS tool or HRIS system or insert whatever here, whatever integration here. But having that set up in advance so that when you pipe things over, it doesn't kind of blow up in your face. Or when you turn it on to the public, you're like, I can't do this. You enable your you enable your management of your teams to a, dire- a director or somebody to, and they're like, I can't do this, but you know, somebody else can. Well, make sure your permissions are right in your in your user section, but also make sure that your your IT group has enabled you, or if you are the IT group, enable people to get the connectors and the integrations that they need. Because if you don't, it's a big headache. You're going to have to add it. You have to wait refresh time. And Any comments on that? Any thoughts? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with that. One other thing I would like to kind of add on to that, I think, is with third-party applications in particular, not so much with custom applications, but to some degree, but definitely with um, third-party applications, you want to make sure you review with your security team and uh, your compliance team uh, these integrations again, right? Um, and I know some people are probably clapping um, right now, and some people are probably saying, don't say that, I'm going to jump out of a window. But it really is important, um, particularly when you're moving to something that is all-encompassing like Teams. This application that you approved having access to your DMs potentially or your files potentially may or may not, but may have access to a lot more when it comes to Teams. Uh, might have access to your phone system if you're doing that. Might have access to SharePoint and OneDrive and uh, Planner and and you get the point. So um, it might make sense, maybe not a full-blown, um, you know, risk analysis again, uh, but at least have some sort of, of checkbox to, to check that box and say, okay, we looked at it. There is no additional risk using this third-party application here than there. And that's not to say I think it'll be less secure in Teams by any stretch. I think it just may, you may have to uncheck some boxes if you don't want this application to have some access to things that didn't exist in Slack. For sure. And that magical window pops up consent on behalf of my organization mm-hmm. how, many, how, how many how many people actually read that <laughs> <laughs> bingo and and click the little drop downs to actually read what all of it means um, and that's kind of what i'm getting at you you might not have a choice if you want to use a third party you might have to give them a little bit more information maybe you're comfortable with that maybe you're not um it's just the red flag i like to put up and say hey i get it you know and insert third party here was approved for slack it might at least be worth a look to get it approved in teams at least for sure for sure and you know the other thing too is is just because that box pops up and it's going to allow you to turn that thing on your channel doesn't mean you should you might you might not by policy of your organization be allowed to do that Uh so you know there's that whole um mentality that i have and i discuss on one of my other um shows slash outlets is that you know, validating just because you can do something and have the power and the juice doesn't mean that you should just be pulling that trigger. You need to document what it is, 
document the signing of anything if you're allowed to and have some other set of eyes. It's almost like uh, in the government, you know, they write a memo to file, you know, like anytime they want to put something on the record, there's memo to file. IT people need to do that more because if something were to go screwy sideways, cattywampus, insert your on its head here phrase, and there's no and there's no evidential trail to say what you did or that you were able to do it or if you were able to do it and this is what happened, it, all the eyes are going to be on you and it's going to be a recollection type of a thing and it might not go in your way, might not be in your favor. So document and get second set of eyes on stuff like that. Especially when it comes to third party, um, you know, couldn't agree more. All of this stuff makes sense. I would say the third party section that we talked about today and going back to the files and what you're leaving to go either be destroyed by the, the, the vendor when they shut your account down or to be manually destroyed, whatever it is, um, make sure that's documented and documented well. And you have multiple sign offs from the, the data owner. Uh, because, you know, I've, I've, I'm sure you you have as well. Um, I've run into many uh, occasions where you're doing a migration and the first person that gets gets looked at is us. And then we go back to the data owner and then the data owner is like, oh, yeah, we didn't need that. We use this. And it just it, it, it can be a nightmare that is easily fixed if you just have those processes in place. And it's really not a headache. It's it's a tiny bit of red tape, but it's easily run, run through um, and it'll it'll be a uh, CYA for a long time coming. Yes, indeed. So along that line, uh, since we're talking about teams, video of the week comes to us again from Channel 9. From Less Code, More Power, the video is in the uh, in our planning notebook here on Teams, our planning wiki. So if Mr. Wetworth can pump that into the show notes, that would be awesome. So we'll have to send him a note to see if he can handle that for us. The... Uh, it's power up with power up teams with power virtual agents. You familiar with virtual agents? Yeah, I. Uh, it's funny. Virtual agents have been kind of a hot topic lately. I've been seeing them around a lot. Um, mm-hmm. So it's funny you you brought this one up for video of the week, and, and not even you know teams related, just virtual agents in general. General, yeah. Yeah, so so this video is a quick uh, half an hour. It gives you a good uh, good overview. If you've seen a presentation on them, um, this will be an affirmation plus some 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 of the newer ways to handle some stuff with Power Virtual Agents to solve some problems in business. It's it's good to see that and refresh refresh what you know already and you know add on a little bit of extra. But if you haven't and you you really need to find out about these and and I'm not saying this like. We're pushing it like that's the Kool-Aid flavor of the week or, or the month from Microsoft because, you know, believe believe me, the Azure and all the, all the goodness is the, always the flavor of the, the week and month. This is just something I think is going to be transformative to a lot of organizations. And, you know, the challenge that I see around Power Virtual Agents potentially is the price point. I don't know if you've ever looked at the price point for that at all. No, I haven't. But, yeah, I bet it's... Uh... And it's a little pretty penny. It can be, you know, depending on how you how you handle it. Um, but, you know, that being said, what it solves will definitely be a value add to the organization. So you need to do your math, sharpen your pencil uh, to make sure that you provide the right numbers. And And I think it would work out for most organizations. And I think it's really darn cool, too. So check it out. Let us know what you think of it. And uh, that's about it for this uh 
for this week. I'm trying to stay on point with time. I know we run over a lot, so let's, let's end it now. What do you think? Sounds like a plan. I think sounds we like covered a, plan. a lot of a lot of information. Yeah, sounds good. Um, next week uh, we'll have two next week, and we're looking to get another guest in. So make sure you stay tuned. We told you we'd be making up for the for the week off, and so we will. So keep stay tuned. We appreciate your uh, listenership and viewership on the video side. So be well, and we'll see you all again. Thank you. Bye, everyone. All right. Bye. Today's show is produced by Mr. Wentworth, directed by Michael Askins. Graphics and artwork provided by Art by Sophia, edited by Mr. Wentworth. Visit the show notes for terms and conditions.